and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one worldly page of Talmud every day. And what a page we have today in Shkalim 16. Because in Shkalim 16, the Talmud gives us a very important lesson in good government. And God knows we could all use that these days. Whereas, says the Talmud, if you are a son of a king and being appointed king yourself, if you inherit the kingdom, you do not have to be anointed anew as your father before you might have. However, if you're the son of a high priest and being appointed high priest, you must go through the same procedural process of anointment. Here's the touch of the Talmud. In contrast to anointing of kings, with regard to a high priest, the Gemara tells us, son of a high priest, even up to 10 generations or more of high priests of fathers and sons, each one requires anointing as the position of high priest is not passed as an inheritance from father to son like the monarchy. When it comes to the position that really matters, the Talmud tells us, the position of being the representative of our relationship with God on earth, we must make sure that every individual who serves in office is above reproach. So to talk about individuals in office being above reproach, we turn, of course, to the hotly debated topic of Israeli politics. And it is my absolute pleasure to welcome to the show my friend and the co-host of an amazing new podcast that you should all be listening to called Us Among the Israelis, Aliza Landis, thank you so much for being our guest. Leo, thank you so much for that awesome introduction. It's my pleasure. So one thing that I love about the podcast is it's it's you and your co-host, Carrie, who are both American expats, by now also Israelis, living in Israel and, and sort of trying to make sense of what to many of us looking from the outside seems like a really, really complicated society. And I don't think there's any topic that is more complicated than the question that sort of pertains to today's stuff because it's all about accountability and governance of just why did all of y'all go to the ballots for your fourth election in, I believe, two years? Yeah, that's four elections in two years, and it is very possibly going to be a fifth because basically the election results just show another stalemate. And it is, I think, very related to the Talmud passage that you just quoted, because this is a debate and a struggle over who should be leading the country. And it's boiled down so that it's not, after all these election cycles, it's almost not even about issues anymore. It's not really about the Palestinian conflict. It's not really about the economy. It's not even really about COVID, because if it had been about Corona, then Benjamin Netanyahu, the current prime minister and most long-serving prime minister Israel's ever had, he would have won by a landslide. He managed and oversaw and led just a phenomenal immunization rollout that has really brought Israel back to life and out of Corona. And you would have thought that based off of that, he would have been able to have a resounding result at the ballot box. However, what we have found is, again, Israel is in stalemate. And basically, it's just broken down into two camps at this point of the no BB or yes BB. Actually, as you mentioned, our podcast, Carrie and I recently spoke to a very interesting Mizrahi woman who sort of broke down why there's so much loyalty to specifically Bibi Netanyahu, but also Likud. I encourage everybody to listen to it. It's called To Bibi or Not To Bibi. And that really gets at the essence of the issue here, which is that the country is in stalemate because 
even though you have many different parties, they're all falling into different blocks. And the genius that Bibi has been able to do over and over again, and the reason he is the longest serving prime minister in Israel's history, and that's longer than Ben-Gurion, the founder of the state, is because he understands parliamentary politics better than anybody else. And he's formed an alliance with the Haredi parties, which usually bring between 14 to 16 additional seats. And you have to get past the 61 threshold in order to be able to form a government. And he has tied them to him. As a result of this block that he's created with the Haredi parties, it ensures that even while he may not be able to form a government, nobody else will be able to form a government unless they go with the Arab parties, which usually account for about 12 seats themselves. And that's sort of what we've seen here. The most remarkable outcome of this past election has been that Ram, which is a conservative Arab non-Zionist party, has emerged as the kingmaker in this situation because they could possibly sit with the no-BB block or they could sit with the pro-BB block. And if they decide to go with the pro-BB block, you would end up in a situation in which a very right-wing government would be relying on an Arab party, which has never happened before. No end to wonders. Tell me, returning a bit more closely to the theme of, of the page today, which is, again, all about sort of personal responsibility and accountability. As some of our listeners may be aware, Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister, is also in the midst of a long and protracted investigation with with trials having just begun fighting to clear his name in court. How big of a part does that play in the elections? How big of an issue is this to voters? It's a major issue, and it has been over the past three election cycles. A major issue, but it almost feels like voters are just, they take it for granted. It hasn't managed to sway the needle. Bibi has been indicted on three counts of corruption. This has been going on for years. He was indicted. The court case is starting. He's actually supposed to show up in court on Sunday for the first appearance. But the Likud has shown that they have a very solid base that basically says, Either I don't think it's a big deal, what, this is because he got some champagnes and cigars, I don't care, or they say, you know, he's just being persecuted and this is unjust and so it doesn't matter. And then on the, the no BB camp, it's obviously a major issue that people can't let go of and understandably so, but it doesn't move or rearrange the political map at all. There is on the left a lot of criticism of, quote, King Bibi. And that also extends to the role that his family plays in public. There was a piece several years ago, I think it was called Prince Yair, right? Yair Netanyahu is his son. He makes a lot of noise on social media, especially. And there is, I think, a certain degree of panic on the left that sees him as his political heir apparent. One thing that I can say about Israeli society and Israeli politics is that we don't like heirs. And that is not something that is taken for granted. So even though that might be a fear on the left, I think it's a pretty unfounded one. He was saying he would have to be properly anointed. Yes. Aliza <laughs> Landis, the podcast is Us Among the Israelis. It is a delight. Thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you so much for having me. This has been Take One a production of Tablet Studios. 
If you enjoy this show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz, and our producers are Josh Cross, Sarah Fredman Ader, and Robert Scarmuccia. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeonedafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic and we'll see you again soon. <laughs>